I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hey, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. So, wow. Last week's episode got a lot of traction. Yeah, I guess we should talk about alcohol more. Our audience really wants to talk about sobriety and substances. So I did not know that that would strike a chord in that way at all. But you know, here's what's interesting that came to me today while I was teaching session one of the Do Less Immersion. Shout out to all the folks who are in the course with me right now. It's really amazing how we discount the things that seem really, I don't know, like not a big deal to us that are actually really extraordinary. So for example, there's somebody in our origin incubator who got asked to do something for a client and it was something that was gonna be really easy for her to do and really joyful for her to do. So she automatically thought she shouldn't charge much for it. And that was such an interesting awareness. And what I really think is the thing that comes the easiest to us is oftentimes the thing where we can add the most value or the thing that we don't think is that big of a deal or that we take for granted about ourselves is often the place where we can add the most value. And that doesn't always mean monetary value because Mike and I didn't get paid for recording that podcast episode last week, really specifically. But to me, the fact that I don't drink is not that big of a deal. The fact that you don't drink is not that big of a deal. But for a lot of people, it's a really big deal. And I think I've gotten a lot of direct messages from people saying they just so appreciated the honesty and especially how non-judgmental you are about your history. And they aspire to that level of being able to release shame from their addiction history and, and just tell the story. This is what people were saying? Yeah. Yeah, I read some comments. I mean, it's your Instagram post, so I read some of the stuff. Well, this some of it has been in the DMs. Oh, Um, got it. So yeah, I mean, it was... We've had more... I mean, this... I don't think we've ever gotten this much traction on on a podcast post. Never. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode on substances, sobriety, and choosing to live awake, listen. Our audience loved it. Yeah. And we got a lot of new listeners from it. So if you're listening because you found us through that episode welcome welcome to the pod squad this is something new we're trying on do you like it i don't know i just mentioned it to somebody in a dm today because she messaged me and was so excited about the episode and said she was going to listen to more and i said welcome to the pod squad and after i sent it i was like you know that has a ring to it maybe maybe our podcast listeners we should call them the pod squad so you know let us know Send me a DM or comment on this week's post on Instagram about the podcast and let me know, are you interested in being part of the pod squad? That basically means you're a listener of the Kate and Mike show. It doesn't require you to do anything other than listen in and identify with others who listen in. But I just like that it rhymes because I'm such a word nerd. Yes. So that means you are part of the pod squad. If you're listening. Correct. To this right now. That's you are correct. part of our pod squad and we welcome you. Yeah. All are welcome in the pod so squad. So hashtag the pod squad. Hashtag the pod squad. Pod squad, not pot squad. 
Yeah, po- po- yeah, definitely. Also, I've been using hashtag the Kate and Mike show podcast, just in case anyone's sharing and wants to use that hashtag. Because probably somebody else is using the hashtag pod squad. I didn't think to check before I well, got I on here. We can um, check real You fast. check. You've got my phone. So we did want to shout out a listener review. We've gotten yeah. away from doing this, but I think we're bringing it back. So we would just want to shout out to somebody who left us a review last week. Well, I can. We got two reviews. Oh, two. Oh, no, no. You. <laughs> one is a three-star review and one's a two-star review. Mm. And... I basically, I mean, this is interesting. I'm not going to read all of this because there's a lot of content. But basically, both of their these people's feedback was left on the exact same day. And it just said that we could be more structured. We could. So, yeah, it's true. It's good um, feedback. It's good feedback. <laughs> yeah. And I can read you the rest of this later. It's interesting, though. I will just say, I agree we could be more structured. And also, I hear from people who love these conversations being more free form because they say i just love how you kind of go where the conversation takes you and you like i feel like i'm sitting around having a conversation with you too and so it just depends on what your style is i think we'll probably survey our audience survey our list well you can just tell us well yeah but i want to kind of do it a little more scientifically so if you're not on our email list, please head to katenorthrup.com forward slash list and get on our email list because we are going to be doing a little revamping around the podcast and we would love to get your feedback for what works for you because there's what works for us, but we're here for you. We're partially here for us because honestly, we have fun doing this, but we are here for you. So mm-hmm. um, get on the list, katenorthrup.com forward slash list, and then we'll send out a podcast survey and you can give us your feedback, but or you can send me a DM. Let me know. Would you prefer more structure, or do you like the free form? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So then uh, we had, let's see, this person. I'll, we'll read this one. This was, a, this was a more positive review, so we'll balance it out here. Great. We're open to all feedback, so please. Well, please no, I mean, it. I have the same feedback for us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like like our structure. (laughs) Although, I mean, they're right if you're looking for a structured podcast. Right. Like, for example, I really love listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast or Jenna Kutcher's podcast, Gold Digger. That's where they came from. Because they're super structured. This was a listener of the, heard you on the Jenna Kutcher Gold Digger podcast. Yeah. Thought was a good speaker and compliment businesswoman. Competent. Competent. So I was excited to discover she and her own podcast with her husband. So I must be the problem. I think that's the, what's going on here. The competent businesswoman and then the other guy. That's what will change the name of the podcast to. Competent businesswoman and the other guy. I mean, that's genius, actually. We should go with that. So they just said that the topic, they didn't find, both people said they kind of felt like they wasted their time. And they, but they only listened to one episode thus far. And so they might listen to something else or not. And they just said that they didn't think it was on point with what the title of the episode was so mm-hmm. interesting how okay. to do less yet still be wildly productive they feel like the topic was never clearly addressed i just finished listening for almost an hour and still don't know how to do less and be wildly productive so i appreciate that i mean we could definitely go back and listen i'll go back and listen tomorrow and just see what our thoughts were okay but yeah i think you're what you talked about was structure because you've always talked about that. So we could add that in. Anyway. I have some structure for today's episode. Let me I tell know. you, I we wrote an outline. structure. So get ready. All right. So up. this is for AAG123. I love that. So I don't know what AAG stands for or 123. But if this is you, 
just send me a DM, Mike J Watts on the Instagram and uh, we'll drop a little present for you in the mail. Obsessed with Kate Northrup. See, it's, it's the competent businesswoman and the other guy. I found Kate on the mom brain podcast. I loved her so much. I bought her book, Do Less. Well, thank you very much, AAG. Read it twice in a week and wow. started implementing strategies into my life. Her voice calms me down and makes me feel like I'm being wrapped up in a big hug. Aww. I then subscribe to the Kate and Mike show. Well, Kate's a tiny 5'4 person, so she has gives you a tiny hug. <laughs> but I am uh, a really good hugger. You are a good hugger. Yeah. You yeah, you give you're a good hugger. The relationship they have is so sweet. I then purchased Kate's first book, Money Love Story. I just really enjoyed the style of the podcast. It would highly recommend it. The titles accurately... I did not read this. This is amazing. The, the titles accurately describe the episode, and I'm so excited to hear more from them in the future. Okay. So... You can't make this up, guys. No. And so, you know, you're not everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. No, it's just such a great example of like, well, you win some, you lose some. It's true, but here's the here's what here's the I thing. I love that they literally have the opposite yeah, feedback. That's correct. About the exact same thing. That's correct. <laughs> and but here's this is such a great example of what to pay attention to. So we could either sit here for the next hour and talk about the comment that was like a one star, two star, and how they didn't really like what we were talking about. Or it can be like, wow, that's some great feedback. We can definitely improve and apply that to what we're doing in the future. And so it's just, it is it, to be like, it's a great example of talking to the person that really likes what you're putting out into the world. Feed the people who came to dinner. That is really what it's about right. in business. We are not going to be for everyone, but for the people who we are for, feed them, give them what they want. Yep. And keep them at your table. Yep. And keep and asking keep them, them coming back for more. Keep asking them what they want, which is what we're going to do. So as long as you're on our list, you're going to get that survey and we want to hear from you. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to the pod squad. And today we have a super structured episode for you that is, has a lot to do with the title. So we the competent businesswoman and the other guy. So as long as Mike stays on track, then we'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So we wanted to give you part two. We did already part one, but part two of the book launching conversation. So we launched Do Less on April 2nd. It has been really successful. It has sold way more copies than Money A Love Story did in the first couple of... So April 2nd, what are what is it? April 2nd, it's now we're recording out. this on June 12th and it comes out on June... 17th. 17th. No, it comes out June 16. 18th. So if you're listening on June 18th, it's June 18th, but you might be listening after that. So it's been like three months and two weeks since the book came out. So three and a half months. It's been two months. Okay, great. So two months <laughs> and two weeks. Our, our so I'm not the, yeah. Anyway, so basically we've learned a lot. And somebody asked me on a podcast the other day. It was the, oh, what the frick was the podcast called? It was so good. And I want you to subscribe to her show and listen in. Robin, the Whole Foods, Whole Life. Honey, I have to hand me my phone because I got to look her up and give her a proper shout out. She just asked really great questions. And I, I love this woman. And she asked me, did we actually launch in a do less way? 
because she said she was hoping that I actually did. But, you know, you never really know with people because there's the things that we say we're doing versus the things that we actually do. Oh, Real Whole Food Life is her name, Robin Downs. And she has the Feel Good Effect podcast. So I'm not going to be on until August. The episode doesn't go live until August, but check out Feel Good Effect podcast. Okay. She asked me about launching in a do less way. She's working on a book and she really wanted to know, like, is it actually possible to launch without being a complete nutso, like on the road constantly and being exhausted and being really, you know, busy, 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 busy. And I wanted to give you some of the key lessons that we learned from launching Do Less about launching Do Less in a Do Less way while still getting really great results. So do you want me to just launch in, honey? Yes. Okay, great. So first of all, you my have, recommendation, structure, so I have structure. I have structure. Pod squad, I have structure. <laughs> so first of all, I really, when you're, this applies whether you're launching a book or whether you are launching a business or whether you are having a party or having a dinner party, it really doesn't matter. Anytime you are creating something and getting it out in the world, I really want to have you ask yourself, what season of life are you in? I'm all about seasons and cycles. You know that if you've read Do Less, if you've been listening here for a while, I am all about seasons and cycles. And there are moments of life where we have so much space and so much energy and we can go balls to the wall, as they say, which is not a great expression. But <laughs> And then there are seasons in life when we cannot. And we had to look really closely and be really honest about our actual life and agree that given the fact that we have two small children, that Mike was really sick for a lot of 2018, which was part of our runway for the book launch, we just didn't have the bandwidth to do some of the things that we might have done otherwise or that we did do last time around launching Money, A Love Story. Namely, a big New York City book launch, which I did wanna do, but when it really came down to it, when I looked at our bandwidth, at our budget, and at the season of life that we're in, it had to be a no. And so, that's the first question. What season of life am I in? What is the reality of my current life situation? Now, I really believe in the long game and that's going to be thing number seven on my outline. So stand by for thing number seven. But if you are in it for the long haul, you know that yes, launch week is important, but it's not the end all be all. And also typically speaking, I mean, it depends on your strategy and I certainly have friends who have events-based book strategies, but my dear friend, Chris Carr, who I hope to have on the podcast at some point, was so have cute. We, we haven't had we Chris? We haven't had Chris. We need to have Chris on the podcast. Oh, wow. She said to me when I was asking her about my very first book launch, she was like, and I said, do I have to do an event, which I ended up doing this. We did this fabulous event in New York. It was amazing. It was sponsored. It was great. But she was like, girl, I launch in my jammies from my house with a strong cup of green tea. <laughs> I just think about her all the time. And I just think, you know what? If Chris Carr, a multiple New York Times bestselling author who has taken the wellness world by storm can launch at home in her jammies with a strong cup of green tea, I can do whatever the frick I want. And I want you to know listening in, you can do whatever the frick you want. 
and your launch can be that's the the phrase of the (laughs) podcast so far (laughs) your launch can be whatever you want your launch to be your launch does not define your worth your launch does not define your worth it doesn't matter at the end of your life you are not going to be wishing that you hustled harder i guarantee you that you might be wishing you made more of an impact i don't know but if you read Bronnie Ware's book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, none of them are, I wish I had worked more. I wish I had sold more books. <laughs> you know, I wish I had made a bigger impact even really. I wish really. I would have done that large book launch. I wish I had had that book launch party. Um, I wish I had more structure on the podcast. <laughs> I wish I had had a more structured <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh boy okay this is a good one this <laughs> podcast is gonna is is just full disclaimer is overstructured for those of you that like the structure i also want to say this is an after bedtime episode which you can probably already tell by the amount of laughter okay so that was number one is really looking at the reality of our life and making choices based on that Number two was having really clear boundaries. So I got clear that I knew I couldn't do interviews until probably, I think I started doing interviews in February. So the reason for that was I needed to focus on our business and our family and getting the book done and getting the book marketing plan done. And when I am doing a lot of interviews, they're super helpful for the book and I will tell you about that in a minute, but they really take up my work time. So if I'm on and off interviews all day, I'm not getting anything else done because it's incredibly distracting. And I start something and then five minutes later, I have to hop on Zoom or I get to hop on Zoom with somebody for an interview. And it's a total privilege and I'm honored to do it and I love it. And it takes a lot of time. So we said no to everything that came in Basically, from the time I started prepping for maternity leave with Ruby, which was January of 2017, is that true? No, January of 2018 was when I really started batching all the content for Ruby's maternity leave. And so we said no to all interviews moving forward after that because we just knew that I couldn't batch all the content for the maternity leave for Origin, our membership, and for the blog and for the podcast, and also be doing interviews. So we said no to everything, and we said to people, but I have a book coming out in one year from now, in 2018, so, or 2019. Wait, why am I so confused about the year? <laughs> anyway, whatever book year came it is. Out in tw- because you're talking really fast trying to get through all the structure. Okay, so I started saying no to interviews January of 2018. 18 saying I have a book coming out in April of 2019 we will circle back because we would love to do the interview in prep for the book so our team circled back to those people Haley thank you Haley Haley circled back to those people she kept them all in a spreadsheet and then she circled back and started booking out the interviews and we started doing the interviews in February leading up so there was kind of a pre-order campaign that happened And then I did interviews all the way through until really, I'm still doing some, but they are tapering way off because I knew that it was going to be really important to be super available for interviews in March, April, and May. And that I also really wanted to spend the summer with my family and working on some projects. And I know that if I'm doing interviews all the time, I can't do that. So I'm just making choices because we all have to make choices and there's always a payoff. And having boundaries means that I'm saying no to 
most interviews for July and August. Certainly, if Oprah Super Soul Sunday calls or something, I will be available. But for most things, we're then scheduling them out into the fall. And I'm only doing one day a week in the fall that will be all just back-to-back interviews to batch them so that I know on that day I'm not going to get anything else done. And it really helps me to batch and organize that way so that I start the day and I know interviews all day, that's it. And then I can get everything else done on the other days. And we, I also know Tuesday happens to be a day in the fall when both girls will be in daycare because having a back-to-back day of interviews while the kids are home is insane. So those are my boundaries because I just looked ahead at the summer and based on the upward cycle of success and cyclical project planning, I knew I would need a break. I I built in a fertile void period for myself because in the cycle of any project, we need a culmination period, which is after the launch. So we're kind of in that culmination period right now. And this podcast is one of the things we're doing in the culmination period and then We're going to be in a fertile void for the summer where we will be hanging out and chilling with our kids and working on some projects and evaluating and kind of like listening for what's next. And then come fall, come September, we're coming right back out into emergence in kind of round two of book launch. So more to come on that. Also, the paperback release will be in April of 2020. And I'm pretty excited for some things we have planned around that because that's a whole other opportunity to get the book out to a whole other audience who only buys paperbacks because there are those people did you have anything to add because you're over there smirking at me i'm still stuck on the dates can we go back to the dates confusion (laughs) no anyone else is confused um no one else is confused they know what year it is i just don't (laughs) yeah but (laughs) yeah uh, uh but the so i guess I think a more interesting way to think about this as well is. Are you saying the way I'm thinking about it is not interesting? Well, uh, <laughs> no, I I feel like one thing that you're missing that you take for granted with this is how you like you're one of the most disciplined people when it comes to self-discipline, basically, like. I was walking with Brett today and we were talking about just how you plan and you work and stuff and like how I said you could never leave the house for a whole week and you just, you know, it's like with Whole Foods delivery now, you never have to leave the home and Greatest it's like a thing dream. ever. Thank you, Amazon. Like you can work out in the garage now. and now Whole Foods delivers the house and you literally don't have to leave. No, and because like we also have friends in our cul-de-sac. So right. I don't so, have to leave to be social. <laughs> no, I know. But like most people are just like, how do you work at home all by yourself? Right? And how do you structure... So I think a lot of this comes... I text my girlfriends all day (laughs) and Noah. (laughs) That's true. Yes. But then Noah's Noah's hilarious. The most random things. And he sends me the most random things. But it's like, what is it from you when you sit down to work? Because everyone else does this too. Everyone else gets Whole Foods. You know, or not everyone. But there's a lot of people that like have... Like if you live in New York City, you can have every single thing delivered, but like getting the project started, right? And so I think as we're diving into this, but my question for you around this is like, what is it that you find that makes yourself successful in like this planning thing? Some people just totally checked out 100%. They were like, I have no idea what's happening. She's talking about all these dates. How does she think like this? What is happening here? So 
like you i mean it's crazy when i say like july 12th you're like yeah it's on a tuesday and it's here and it's just like in your brain and i'm getting interviewed with the salvation army for the do good podcast on that day see like out of like no way like i gotta go look at the calendar like i don't have i don't it's know it's also what, a friday okay see like kate has nothing in front of her besides a blank notebook with writing on it right i mean it's not blank because there's writing on it but it's a no, notebook that's with writing. where my super structured outline is which you are taking me off track from that's right because i find this is fascinating as it comes into the planning phase, because even in the first example that you gave, what was the first title of the first thing? Working with the reality of your life, the season right. and cycle. And so we also in. didn't plan even an event in Portland that was that we put on. Like No, you, we didn't because it felt right. like too much. So what is it around your self-discipline that you think has been successful for yourself? Like that has made you successful? I don't know. I just show up and do what needs to be done and... I also say no to the things that don't feel good. So the things that I have on my plate are mostly things I actually want to do. And when I start not wanting to do something, I figure out a way to not do it anymore for the most part. Yeah, you're really good at that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. I mean, I have zero perspective on myself. I don't know. I just, this is how I am. <laughs> I didn't know that it's unusual. Okay. Yeah. Now I feel shy. <laughs> no, you don't have to feel shy. But this is one of the biggest things that people in origin struggle with is like, how do we, I mean, in, you could take any program that exists. This is one of the biggest issues are, is how do I create structure in my life with everything busy going on? Just follow. And get things done. Follow my guidelines. So, okay, I'll tell you. Go to katenorthup.com forward slash list, get on our list, and you'll get the weekly planning ritual which is the heartbeat of my whole planning process. And if you incorporate that weekly planning ritual into your life, you're gonna save up to two hours a day. You're gonna save yourself a lot of energy and a lot of wondering what it is that you're supposed to be doing. So, I mean, honestly, I'm just such a devotee of being in right relationship with your schedule because your schedule is your life. The way you spend your day is how you spend your life. And if you don't spend it intentionally, you're wasting it. That's it. Cool. All right. What's number three? Okay. Number three is delegating. How perfect. So there were things that I just certainly couldn't do all of the things while launching the book. I could not do all the PR pitches myself and I could not do all the interview scheduling myself and all the communications with people. So we had two beautiful team members, Haley and Licia. Licia was in charge of outreach for podcast pitches and different media pitches. And then Haley was in charge of actually scheduling those and the incoming receipts of them and making sure they ended up on the calendar. And that was great. So we had a pitch template for PR that was a collaboration between me and Licia and Noah, my amazing friend, Levy's Digest on Instagram. I'm sure I've talked about Noah before. He's been one of my besties since I was 15 years old. So blessed to have him. I call him the other love of my life. And so, and he calls me and him and Mike a thruple. <laughs> so anyway, Noah knows a lot about PR and pitching. So he helped us out a lot, which was really, really wonderful. So we came up with kind of like a standard template pitch. And then Licia would tweak it depending on the outlet. This is like a little PR side note. Do not 
send a what do you call it like a canned pitch to outlets i can tell when somebody's pitching us when they have sent that pitch to 50 other people i want there to be a reason that you're reaching out to us specifically because you know something about us and it's an immediate delete and ignore if there's no personal attention so like first sign hello dear sir or madam <laughs> so that's not gonna work or just a low comma yeah. <laughs> i get yeah. that all the time and then i just delete it right and then they email me back three days later and then I delete it again. Also this, please, if you are emailing somebody and you haven't heard from them in 24 hours, do not follow up. Give them at least a freaking week. We all have plenty going on and not all of us are in our inbox all day. If you follow up with me and it's only been 24 hours, I'm telling you it's an immediate no because that is irritating. Not if you're one of our customers. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, if you're one of our customers, Don't. we are very excited this to hear from Kate you. This is how Kate gets stuff done. She just cuts you off. You're not no, part of but if you're, the pod if squad. But if you are making a request of me or pitching me for something and you're following yeah. up within 24 hours, no. No. It, you, it's like you have to... Just like we know you're busy, like listening here, like you have a life besides waiting, sitting around waiting for an email. It's the same. Like there, we get a lot of, there's up upwards of 50 emails a day that come in our customer service inbox, you know, and that does not include my personal email. That does not include Kate's personal email. And so there's just a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, and it's not just, and it's the same with anybody you're reaching out to, but that's, uh, that's the downside of that we see a lot when it comes to pitches. Yeah, and we wanted to keep our pitches short and sweet. We kept them data-based. So, you know, if you want to look for, a lot of outlets are looking for, honestly, kind of clickbaity type titling. So if you're wondering how to structure your stuff that way, go to, is it buzzfeed.com? That website that's really clickbaity? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, go any, to news, any outlet, news outlet. Any news outlet. CNN.com. You know, just... Now, I'm not saying every pitch has to be this way, but I am saying we noticed that the more we structured our pitches to make them a little bit clickbaity, the more response we got. Do I love that? No. Did it get the book in front of more people? Yes. So I'm willing to do it because it's just based on human psychology. And I'm okay with using human psychology to do good in the world, which is essentially what marketing is. Good marketing. Okay, so delegating. So we had Haley, we had Licia, and that was really helpful. We also had my PR team at Hay House, so shout out to them. We had some support over there as well. But I will say that even if you're publishing with a traditional publisher, you are, as an author, going to be mostly responsible for doing the PR and marketing of your book. And that's just kind of the way things are for the most part. Now, there are exceptions to that if you're a Michelle Obama you know, that's obviously an exception. There are certainly some publishers that are able to devote more. And I also, we got some wonderful PR and media through our publisher as well. So I really, I'm in gratitude for that. And I just am, you know, being realistic about it. So delegating what you can is really, really helpful. But I will say also, like one thing I could have delegated that I chose not to was sending out advanced copies of the book. When I was sending out advanced copies of the book to people I know and love and really want to connect with, I sent it with a note 
personally written note and I loved signing the book for them and I loved putting you know mail well Mike actually put it in the mail I'll be honest so but actually doing the note and signing the book at my dining room table it's been really a joy and so there are certain things that might not be technically a good use of your time that if it brings you joy do it which brings me to the next point which is really looking at where are you getting your traction? So this is looking at the 80-20. Yes, we could have done a big glam event in New York or even Portland. We chose not to because when I really looked at the cost and the time and the 80-20, the 80%, sorry, the yeah, the 20% of actions that would get us 80% of the results, it was really podcasts. So I talked to my friend Ellen, who has been in the publicity department at Random House for a really long time. She is a rock star. She and I grew up together. And I know I've mentioned her on the podcast before. Hey, Ellen, if you're listening. So she said, I said, what should I do to launch this book? Because I hadn't launched a book in six years. And the things have changed. And she said, do all the podcasts. And I was like, great, I will do all the podcasts. So we really went through, and of course I made a list of the ones that I could think of and our publisher made a list of the ones they could think of. And then throughout the launch, I would find new ones to pitch. And I still have a an album in my phone where I will screenshot either uh, someone's Instagram account who has a great podcast that I want to pitch or I'll screenshot the podcast itself from the podcast app and I will put it in the book PR folder. And then towards the fall when we're going to do our next round of PR and pitching, we will go into that folder and start pitching those outlets. So for us, we could watch our book sales spike in certain weeks and we got a huge spike from the Gold Diggers podcast. So welcome if you found us through Jenna Kutcher and the Gold Diggers podcast. We got a really nice, a lot of, I can't really tell exactly the spike because the James Wedmore Mind Your Business podcast came out the week of the launch, which was already gonna be a big week. But I got a ton of shares from that podcast, like people listening and loving it tons and tons of comments on my social media. So that was really exciting. And then also Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy podcast got us a bump as well. And actually today, if after this podcast, if you want to head over to Marie TV, my Marie TV episode goes live today as well, which is pretty exciting with Marie Forleo. And I don't know if she puts the episodes live on her podcast on the same day or not. I would imagine she does, but I actually have no idea. I've only ever watched her show. I've never listened to it as a podcast. Have you ever listened to it as a podcast? Nope. No. But she does have that for our listening friends, which you obviously are a listening friend because you're here as part of the pod squad. So I'm sure that there will be a bump from being on Marie's show as well. Interesting fun fact, traditional media, like being on the Today Show or you know Good Morning America or just whatever else you might be on or even in a magazine, while it certainly looks fancy and is fun to share on social media and is certainly great to include on your website in the as seen in, it really just kind of builds credibility. It's not necessarily gonna sell books because you know people who are watching TV aren't always like, it's really different than people who are on their computer reading a blog or on social media where there are immediate links to buy things. 
And also there's just a lot of noise on a show like that. And I'm not saying they're not wonderful and I'm, I'm grateful to have been included before, but I have noticed that we have gotten, and I, and with other author friends, we've gotten a lot of traction from smaller dedicated audiences like the gold digger audience, for example, than a huge audience where a very small percentage of them even cares what I'm talking about. So that's really looking at where are you going to get the most traction for the least amount of effort. Now, you won't always know, and so sometimes it's only in retrospect. And I will say, I only knew which podcasts were going to get the most traction in retrospect. I had no idea, for example, that James's podcast would be like one of the biggest hits of the whole launch. I just asked to be on it because I like James. And I didn't even know when I asked him that 98% of his audience is female. So that was kind of cool. But you just, so some parts of launching are magical and some parts are strategic and you got to leave room for both. That's what I have on the 80-20 rule. But that's, that's basically like why I didn't invest in an outside PR person who might be pitching a lot of traditional media because I know historically speaking, what was going to get us the most traction was me making connections with the people I already know and with new people directly and then pitching that way more in our personal growth industry online entrepreneurial space because people in that industry buy books in a different way than people who watch tv do you have anything to say on that nope next up is oh also you know i also have friends like danny shapiro for example who is still on book tour for her amazing book inheritance she goes around the country to bookstores and is on the road a lot. And it sells a lot of books because you think about, you know, you show up even in a place like Portland, Maine, small town. It was standing room only in her event. And it was probably 50, 60 people there. And they all bought at least one book, if not several. And every single one of those events moves the needle on book sales. However, Danny's son is in college. She is in a very different season of her life. So while part of me dreams of doing a book tour like that, maybe someday, it's just not what I, it's just not the reality right now. And while I also want to just circle back to boundaries for a second, because I forgot to say this, my other boundaries for the launch were no more than four nights away from the family and as much as possible weekends with no plans, which is how I personally didn't get sick or burn out during the launch. I don't know about you. Do you want to share, since you were the one holding down the fort, what it was like for you? What? While you were gone? Yeah. Because I was gone, like, almost all of April. Right. Just, I mean, I was in and out. I wasn't gone more than four nights at a time, but it was like, I think I took six trips in April, something like that. You were gone every week, sometimes multiple times. Yeah. Well, it was challenging, you but know? How did you... What did you do to take care of yourself during that time, if anything? I really didn't do anything. I just like took care of the kids that needed to be taken care of. And then I, if I needed a break, I went and took a break, you know, from work or whatever. I went on a walk or a hike or something like that. But it wasn't, I would say I didn't do anything that was trying to keep myself sane. Is there anything you would do differently looking back? Yeah, I would probably do some more stuff to keep myself sane. <laughs> Like what? What might you do? I don't know at this moment. Okay. I'll figure it out when you leave next week. So 
yeah, next week I'm going to be gone for five days on two different trips. And I'll see the girls for a little bit of time in the middle of that. But that was sort of planned by accident. That was a scheduling snafu because everyone was supposed to join me in Vermont, but but uh, turned out they aren't. If you're listening to this on Tuesday the 18th, you can still join me in Vermont in Stratton for the Stratton Wanderlust Festival. I'll be teaching a full day immersion on Thursday the 20th. And then I'll be teaching a one-hour session on conscious entrepreneurship on Friday, the 21st, on the solstice. So if you are going to be at Wanderlust Stratton, or if you are able to come, you can find out all the information at katenorthup.com forward slash events. So that brings me to trust. Really leaning into, this is really like the egg wisdom portion of our program, which is that The egg, if you read Do Less, you know that the egg sits and releases a very clear signal that lets the sperm know where she is. And that signal makes the sperm actually swim faster towards her. She does not run all over looking for the sperm, checking if the sperm is coming. She doesn't call 25 of her girlfriends wondering, like, should I text? Should I do something? Should I change my outfit? She sits and she is the egg. But her very clear desire makes the sperm swim faster towards her. And when the sperm gets there, they're all trying to get in and she has a really clear boundary. And then she lets, she chooses which one to let in. So she chooses. So that's really the feminine principle. Strong boundaries and receptivity at the same time. We can have both. So she lets one in, and then she has the ability to repair its DNA if there's anything wrong with it. As my mom calls it, she can egg it on. That's what the feminine principle does. We egg things on. We make them better. And then she has enough nutrients within her to feed her and the sperm for the journey down the fallopian tubes to the uterus to embed in the uterine lining, which is their next nutrient source, but that can take several days. So she also is able to feed both of them. So from a metaphorical perspective, the egg wisdom is really about manifesting. It's about trusting that what is for us is coming and that the fact that we desire it and we are clear about that is speeding up the rate at which it is swimming towards us. And we are also the one who gets to choose what is right for us and what is not. And we can make our desire even better when it shows up. So that's really being in the vibration of trust. And so I practice that during the book launch. So for example, and I think I shared this story already on the podcast, so I'll share it quickly, which is around the LA book launch event, which really did satisfy that desire of mine to have a party because I am the kind of person that if I don't share something with people, I feel like it didn't happen. And I'm a mega extrovert and I wanted to have that experience. And so two weeks before going to LA to be at an event with our friends, Stu McLaren and James Wedmore, I decided to throw a book launch at Wanderlust Hollywood, which didn't make any sense because we don't really know that many people in LA and I don't, I've never lived there. I don't have like a strong base in LA, but we decided to do it. It was a total leap of faith and I leaned on three women who I had never met before. I, one of whom I had never even been in contact with and didn't even know existed. She didn't know I existed before I reached out to her to do this book launch because she was recommended by a friend. But basically Jen Pasteloff, who will be on the podcast soon, she has a beautiful new book out called On Being Human. 
Brandy Sellers Jackson, and who's at B Stereo on Instagram, and Janae Claiborne, who is at Sweet Potato Soul on Instagram, joined me, not knowing me, for this book launch event. And I was able to lean into the support of not having to hold it all myself. So it was this combination of trusting my desire, which is to do this launch event, even though it was two weeks before and it didn't make a lot of sense, and then allowing myself to have the support of other people. And I really did reach out and asked for a lot of help in spreading the word for that event. When we released ticket sales, we sold nine tickets and I was ter- I was at first terrified. Then I was like, I'm gonna cancel it. Then I decided I'm not gonna cancel it. I'm gonna show up for who shows up. I am going to feed the people who come to dinner. And if that means I am standing in front of a room of nine people, that is what it is. And that doesn't mean anything about my worth or the value of this book. And I stayed in trust. I stayed with my egg wisdom. I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. I kept doing the actions I needed to do. And at the actual event, there were like 80 people there. It was amazing. It was a total miracle. And I really, it's such a great touchstone story for me to go back to about trusting my instinct and knowing that even though it didn't make any sense, I really wanted to do this event in LA. I made a bunch of great connections there that I know helped the book for sure, but will blossom in miraculous ways in the future that I can't even imagine. I actually was on the phone with one of them today. And then I was just reminded about how powerful we are when we lean on one another and when we ask for help. Even, you know, women that we haven't even known before. That was really powerful. I was reading a recent study that was published in the Harvard Business Review that the number one factor determining a woman's career success is a very close inner circle of other women supporting her. And I've been very blessed to have that in my life. So I know that that has a huge part to do with this and cultivating that has always been one of my number one priorities. So that brings me to my final piece, which is being in it for the long haul. So while launch week hype is great, I also know that I want this book to sell forever because this is not a time sensitive book. This is a book like Money, A Love Story that's going to be relevant for years and years and years to come. And I want it to be a classic. I want it to become a, you know, a classic groundbreaking book in the field of feminine time management, which I don't even know that that's a field, but perhaps I invented it. I don't know. Out of the 50,000 books on time management on Amazon, this is the only one I know of that is designed based on the biology of living in a female body or resonating with feminine energy. So I'm in it for the long haul. And I was listening to an episode of Seth Godin's podcast, Akimbo, which was recommended by our friend, Licia Morelli. And it's his recent episode on the hype cycle. And he talked about that you got really have to listen to the episode because there's a lot of information in there that I'm not going to do a good job repeating. But basically there's this hype cycle where everyone is like all about something new and especially the media. And then there's an inevitable trough and there's a gap between the hype cycle and when things really kick in where there's like the hype at the beginning and then things dip. And most authors he talks about don't make it past the dip because they sort of abandon their book and then they go try and sell the next thing. 
And that's why their books don't make it for the long haul because they stop being partners with their book. And so for me, I was just really excited to listen to the episode because I don't want, you know, I don't want a flash in the pan book. I want a forever book. And the great news is Money, A Love Story has already been that. I mean, obviously it hasn't been forever since it was published, but it has been six years and we still get royalty checks twice a year without fail. And it's pretty darn cool. So my desire is that I keep, you know, this book keeps getting out there. And I recommend for any of you listening who have something, a creation, think about it from a sustainability perspective. How can you do this so that you can keep being in relationship with this product or service or offering or creation for the long haul so that it can make the impact that it deserves to make? And that's really what I'm in it for with Do Less and many of the things we create. Not everything, I will be perfectly honest. There are things that we have created and I've abandoned, but not something that I put this much of my heart and soul into and that I believe in this much. So do you have anything you want to add or shall I summarize my... In regards to... Any of it. Well, how does this make you... Like, how does this answer the, the woman's question? Well, I think that I answered the question up front, which is really looking at the cycle and season of our life and having boundaries. And so do you feel like you launched a book by doing less? I feel like I didn't overwork and I feel like I didn't, there were definitely moments where I was like, I am really tired, but then a break came, you know? So I know that I didn't get sick and I didn't burn out. And I feel like that's a huge success because after money, a love story, I was freaking burned out. Yeah, you had a dip. And I had a dip and I never recovered. No. From that dip. Whereas with Do Less, I definitely, I had some postpartum, I had some feelings of like postpartum depression after Do Less came out. Like two weeks ago, I felt really lost and really tired and really blah. And the good news is, I've studied cycles and seasons enough to know, oh, well, you're in the culmination phase and the culmination phase is the same energy as the postpartum phase, is the same energy as autumn when you get seasonal affective disorder, is the same energy as the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle when some women experience PMS. And it makes sense that everything feels like it's wrong right now because that's part of a normal natural cycle that there is a time when you reevaluate everything and you see everything that's wrong in technicolor and so I was very much in that phase two weeks ago and now I'm not because things shift but just know that if you're experiencing a postpartum hangover from a creation or from having a baby it's totally normal and I honor you and there's nothing wrong with you and women experience that on a monthly basis And people, humans experience that on an ongoing basis. And I think the more we pay attention to it and honor the information we're getting, the less it will disrupt our lives and instead just sort of become part of our lives. But yeah, I sat in a circle of women with my mastermind here locally and sobbed because I just felt so lost and confused. And so that's real, but I don't think that that's a symptom of having done too much. I think that's just a symptom of having pushed a book out. So, yeah, I do think, I think we launched in a do less way. 
Are there things that we could have done differently? Of course. But there's nothing glaring that I can think of right now. Can you? That we would have done differently? Yeah. I think I, I don't think so. We were a little overly ambitious in thinking because we were going to launch the Do Less Immersion in late April. And like there was just no freaking way. So I was so grateful that we backed it up into June because we just didn't have the bandwidth for it. So that was a very do less choice where we said, okay, we were going to do this promotion. It's not time. We're going to just have to trust that it'll be the right time in June. And it was. We have over 400 people signed up for the program. Right. And I I feel like that comes from the evaluation of what we have going on at that time. And we're getting better at realizing that we can't do everything at once. It's not possible do everything at once it's not possible yep that's pretty much sums it up yeah and i would say the book launch i mean you know the sales numbers i've been really psyched about them so i can say that like it's selling well and every single day i'm getting messages from people saying that their mind has been blown and their lives have been changed and that is what we do it for so yeah i would say a successful do less launch of do less But P.S., like, I did a lot of things because there are seasons for getting out there. Yeah. So, like, I also don't want to. There's people listening to this and be like, this doesn't sound like it's doing less. No, there's this. Launching a book is a lot of work. Yeah. But I didn't do more than necessary, I guess is what I'm saying. But I knew April and May were going to be really intense months. I knew that. And they were. Mm -hmm. And I was on a lot of airplanes and I was on a lot of stages and I was on a lot of interviews. And mostly it was awesome. And I'm really grateful to you, honey, for all the support because there's no way I could do it, obviously, without that. Thanks. Competent businesswoman and the other guy. Thanks, other guy. Yeah. You're doing great. I think we should change our podcast. I really like that title. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's amazing. That's not what she said. No, I know. I added that. Oh, yeah. Well, she said you're a competent businesswoman and I just added the other guy part. All right, so I'm going to go through the quick summary. I don't know what I'm doing, so it's fine. (laughs) Yes, you do. Okay, so the summary is we got really clear on the reality of our life and the season we're in. I set up very clear boundaries around the schedule. We delegated. We focused on the 20% that was going to get us 80% of the results. For us, it was well-placed podcasts. I really focused on trust and egg wisdom to get me through. And I am in it for the long haul and really like working on having a forever book. And that to me is sustainable. So that's what I got. Thanks for listening in. Please, if you have follow-up questions, send me a DM, comment on my Instagram about this episode. We are going to send out a podcast survey, so make sure you're on our list. And if you like this episode, of course, please share it on social, subscribe, leave us a review. What else? Anything else people should do? The podcast survey is going to be out not now, so don't look for it right now. It'll No, no, no. We'll like, you, we, I'm like we will, sometime this summer. Yeah, we will announce on this podcast when it's live and when we're going to send it. Et yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be looking for it yeah, like within the next couple of weeks. Please don't email and be like, we did have, you send it out? Nope, no, we didn't. No. We definitely, not, it's not. Just no. making that clear, you know. I come. literally decided we were doing that on this episode. So nothing is happening about it yet because we have other things on our plate beforehand. But I would say sometime this summer is when you would receive it. But in the meantime, you'll get the updates about our weekly episodes and other great stuff so you won't miss it. Yes. Thanks for listening, Pod Squad. 
<laughs> Bye. I am so excited to tell you that my new book, Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management, is now out. You can get the book along with a workshop on how to set boundaries and say no, and a workshop on how to apply the 80-20 rule to your life so you can get 80% more results with only 20% of the work, plus two Maven Masterclasses over at katenorthrup.com forward slash book. And the book is available anywhere books are sold. Get your copy of Do Less.